0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this game. Where with me, Ashley, and the other one, Chris. Chris, <laughs> oh, you always seem a little bit embarrassed whenever <laughs> I go big or
1: bigger. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like it's yeah, like yeah. it's like when you when I do my intros, you're you're a bit underwhelmed. I, I don't know how to react when you do the intros. We need we need to start a sort of happy medium. And, we need
0: training. Maybe you know, we should
1: do a training. Many episodes into this, we still not found that yet, have we?
0: No, I, I mean we're superstars now as well, <laughs> yeah, and it's... and we still don't know how
1: to act like superstars. Maybe that's his. Maybe that is part of our superstars is being uh, divaish. Are, are, we di- are we divas? I don't think we're divas. I, I don't have...
0: think I'm a diva. I think you're a diva. Mm, yeah, I think you're probably right there. Although I have just been schooling you on on exactly on on the precise millimeters you need to be away from your microphone that mm. sounds a bit deverish. yeah maybe i am a diva yeah are you all right yes i'm good thank you how are you very good thank you i'm um, i think you're gonna like my game today okay has it got sonic in no it hasn't but it does go fast oh okay yeah yeah uh, there is actually no logical reason to to my thinking you're gonna like the game because it's not up your alley at all it's right. not even
1: up mine so I might like it, but also I might not. Yeah, you might not.
0: I, I'm not sure. I, I'm being optimistic, basically, because I'm not sure whether I even liked this game when I was playing it when I was younger. So uh, I suppose this is a bit of a fact-finding mission for us both. and Okay. We, we will see. Are think they- this week's game is this game where you drive high powered motor vehicles around windy tracks at super high speed. Any ideas? Wipeout? No, not as fun as that or well made. So go go for it again. What was it? This game where you drive high powered motor vehicles around windy tracks at super high speed.
1: Not as fast as wipeout though. I was gonna say uni rally, but they wouldn't be high powered. So it's not nope. uni rally. Nope. Nope. No clue. Uh, it's Super Monaco Grand Prix or oh. Super Monaco GP
0: for right. the Sega Master System. So this that's was important.
1: This was a game that was mentioned during our Gran Turismo chat.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, that way back whenever that was uh, in relation to this episode.
1: Fifty something. My eidetic memories let me down. Sorry.
0: Uh, yes, it was, and I think I said something along the lines of, "I would rather play Super Mario Grand Prix than play through this game." Super Mario Grand Prix. So, is that what I just said? Yes. Ah. Oh. Uh, I'd rather play Super Monaco Grand Prix. Um, And I, I had all kinds of problems with this game. I wasn't very good at it at all. I think that I'm going to be better at it now than I was then. Largely because it's a racing game from 1990. And I think that it was probably not as challenging as I made it for myself. It's probably quite easy to play. Especially compared to current iterations of racing mm-hmm. of the high speed pursuit.
1: So you've told us what the game is, racing game for the Master System. What's your personal story? What's your link with the game?
0: It was released in uh, nineteen ninety for the Sega Master System. It was actually based on a an arcade game called Super Mario Grumpy. They were quite different though, so we will get into that. I got this as one of the game, one of several games that I got when we were given the Sega Master System for Christmas. And I think, but I can't remember exactly. I think it was probably 92 or 93 that we got this. And that would make me four or five, which means, oh, and I can I can actually vividly remember receiving this, receiving the Sega Master System and the games, because it happened in my nana's front room in a house that I, she moved away from this house. I remember it very vividly. The reason I'm sort of labour in this is because I think actually that is probably one of my very earliest memories. Okay. Probably one of the first memories that i've got what's sat near the christmas tree opening this present it wasn't even at a christmas tree do you remember me talking about my uncle who had a mega drive no i've mentioned it before and he had gems and road rash and things like that anyway he he at the time was a teenager probably about 17 or 18 he hadn't left home yet and he he was upstairs in his bedroom we would go me and my brother when we got there would run upstairs and go and see our uncle Mm. and i would be like dead excited about the console as well because invariably he would be playing his sega and this christmas time we did that as normal and then when we came back down the there was a box like a wrapped up box stood in the middle of the living room and we didn't know what it was we didn't know that we were getting something i think because our parents were separated we were visiting our dad Mm -hmm. and I, it wasn't Christmas Day, so presumably he had chosen to give us the our Christmas present there and then, so that his mum could see us open it and things. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and we came in, and it was in the middle of the room, and we were like, what's going on? And then opened it, and it was a Sega Master System, and I went probably nuts... I, I, so, so, yeah. I don't think there's any surprise really that one of the first memories that I have is game related because yeah
1: they've always been sort of quite a strong presence in my life. My first memory is a weird one because I'm not sure if it's a genuine memory or whether it's something mm. and, there's, and there's a term for it so I remember reading it once where because it's something that's been talked about quite a lot where I've mm. sort of imagined that it's my first memory so yeah basically I was probably four myself and it was Easter my parents were in the kitchen and I did washing up or pro-rowing mm. I decided to go through and uh, crack open an easter egg on the slide I was stood in the front room chomping away on a white chocolate easter egg I think it was a milky milky buttons one and my mum walked in and she caught me red-handed well white-handed it was all over all around my mouth or whatever what are you doing and i burst into tears my mum took a photo of me so there's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a photo of me it, obviously you know 1990 it would be a proper you know it's not like not like nowadays just take it on your phone it was a, a, a proper proper photo mm. that photo got developed and it just ended up being you know just in amongst the all these photo. photos yeah and yeah. it is one that got looked at quite a bit and talked about quite yeah. a bit so i'm not sure if it's a genuine memory, or it's because... Or imposed. Yeah, yeah,
0: precisely. Well, mine has to be a genuine memory, because I don't think I've ever spoken to my brother about it, and I ha- haven't seen my dad since I was 11. Right, so okay. I don't have anyone to talk about it, and I don't have anyone to implant any false memories or false goings-on. And, and it's, it's very specific as well, so... Yeah, it's very specific, I and I remember... The thing is, thinking about that Sega Master System, and that, that moment, I actually can see that house Better than if I think about that house, if that makes sense. It's almost like it's almost like ha- being involved with this four or five year old me, life changing moment of getting my getting a console that was yeah. ours because this was shared with my older brother, by the way. Which is why I say ours. That seems to have heightened my senses to such an extent that it's it's actually created a memory, and and the memory feels more vivid than memories that take place in that place mm-hmm. and ta- at, at different times. I'm labouring this mainly because i didn't realize quite how much of an impact it had made on me and yeah. i didn't realize that this was one of my first memories yeah, there you <laughs> so go I, I tried to think are uh, are uh, do i have any more memories prior to getting a sega Master system uh for christmas and i can't think of one that i can place
1: prior to this and actually weirdly since what you just said as well my early gaming memories are also playing on my my uncle who lived with His parents and my grandparents Mm. going around to see him at my grandparents' house, and he would be playing with a a BBC Micro. Or he was the first person I knew had a PC, and Mm. a lot of my formative game memories are to do with playing games with him or at his, well, say his, at my grandparents' house. I mean, episode three, Discworld, that was played at my uncle's house, and Carter. Which I know isn't a, a game, but there's a no, there, was that, uh, yeah, there was a there was that funny maze game <laughs> within Encarta and I used to sit playing that so much at his, you know, completely guessing way right through the answers. But um so yeah, I, I think there's the fact that it was somewhere maybe that wasn't familiar to you. So not familiar. I think because it's somewhere that was unusual for you, it maybe made it more out of the ordinary. It wasn't
0: it wasn't unusual it no, wasn't that's...
1: unfamiliar or unusual. The place wasn't unfamiliar or unusual. We went there. So, somewhere different. on the regular, it's
0: just that it, 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 I think it's the console. I think the console yeah. has rendered this moment more vivid than any other moment that took place in that house. I can't, I actually can't remember specific things that happened in that house beyond us get receiving this Christmas present, this Sega Master System. Um, with that Sega Master System, we got this game, Super Mario, Super Mario Grand Prix. We also got a game called Heroes of the Lance, which. It took me so long to figure out what that game was called because I couldn't remember... All I could remember was actually what happened in the game. I couldn't remember anything about the front cover i couldn't remember anything about i couldn't remember the name i couldn't remember any of the characters names or anything like that so it took me for ages to to figure that out but it's heroes of the lance it's a dungeons and dragons game which surprised me
1: how did you eventually find out what the game's called then mm, so
0: much searching so much right. searching so much trawling through sega Master system games on like on google looking at images and things Cause this it i was doing it so that i could put it on a list for a future episode right of this game where but yeah i did find out and i also found out that you can complete it in about five minutes but that'll be for that episode what um, a game. never never finished it i never finished it it's very hard but you play for four minutes yep exactly <laughs> Pro- that's my problem no sticking power i also got a game called xenon 2 which we'll be talking about in the future and mm-hmm. we got alex kid as well which is built into our sega Master system this was the only racing game that we had owned or did own for a long long time because they weren't my they weren't my forte they weren't my preference in terms of genre and in fact they still aren't really now for uh, we talked in Gran Turismo we talked about largely being inclined towards arcade yeah. experiences it, when it comes to racing games and that's the same probably then even though i did, i wasn't aware of that because this game for me was quite a frustrating experience and it is <laughs> as much as it as, much, as as far as it could deliver on this uh promise in, in 1990 on a Sega Master System, this is a simulation of Formula One racing. Right. So
1: but uh, you, it's built as a simulation. But you've put that caveat there about it being a 1990 Master System game. So I'm guessing the realistic simulation aspect of it is
0: quite minimal well you'll see it and it's not even it's not even like driving never mind formula one driving um i think it's got quite a strange turning going around corners was extremely difficult i know we found that with gran turismo but getting around a corner on this game when i was younger was extremely difficult
1: which is surely essential for a racing game Yes,
0: yeah. Right. I was terrible at it. it me and I, I think my brother was quite quite bad at this as well. But getting around the corners was really difficult. It didn't seem to work. You know, like apexes and lines and all that. Mm. It, when I say an apex, you know what I
1: mean by an apex, don't well, you? I, well, I know what an apex is the point of something, but I'm, I'm not quite sure how that relates to, to racing. I just, I just said yes, to be polite. When you come to a corner, even when you're
0: driving, you'll do this subconsciously. You will approach the corner, slowing, 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 and as, and then you take the corner, you go around the corner, and you you are either slowing or maintaining a slow speed. And then at some point round the corner, or slightly after the corner, you will take off. You will start to increase your speed. Right. And the perfect racing lines. Um, I believe I probably I, I might well be wrong um, if anyone's listening that knows a may like loads about racing lines and and can correct me let me know on Facebook let me know on Twitter or wherever you like really as long as it's not like throwing a bottle into the sea we should we should be able to respond it uh, works. also before i be-
1: crossing doing that
0: it does before you do that though before you come moaning at me for my lack of apex knowledge uh share this episode to all of your racing friends because they can come and correct me as well uh also like us and subscribe to us on your respective platforms uh do us a favor help us grow thank you so much so back to apexes um as far as i understand it and on a good racing line you slow towards the apex and then at the apex uh, you you increase speed. Okay. so you're increasing speed, you' you're accelerating out of the corner rather yeah. than accelerating after the corner. Um, this doesn't really have any concept of apexes as, as far as I can tell. Um, it does have quite an interesting cornering mechanic and I think that's why you're going to like this more than normal racing games because because the way it approaches cornering makes it fairly unique. I think, in terms of uh, the experiences I've had of racing games. And I I should own up to this. I hadn't played this since I was probably 10. And then maybe even younger than that. Maybe about nine. mm, Around there, anyway, 10. So I'm 33 now, 23 years ago. Uh, I have played it in the run-up to preparing for this episode to see if it was going to actually be worth talking about. And I've come to the conclusion that it is because there's cornering quirk. In terms of simulation, then it's not simulating racing. Um, it's not simulating the actual experience of being in a car. The simulation aspects, I think, are that you get to select certain aspects of your, of the build of your car. So you can, you can select the wings that the car has are they the,
1: are they the bits at the back of the car the bits of stick i assume up?
0: they're things like spoilers and they're bits at the fr- you know on a formula one car you have wings at the front you have a spoiler at the back and and whatnot i know there's bits okay well there's these bits of the car and <laughs> they help the car to stick to the ground right you can also select your tires you, you the firmness of your tires the same as in, in like real racing so you can you can have soft tires or hard tires, and so on. Um, you can you can have automatic or manual transmissions, and, and automatic, the, clearly. Yeah, well, that's what I've gone for, and <laughs> I think I think so. This is this is stupid of me. When I was younger, playing this game, I think I would choose manual transmissions. But as we've discussed previously about racing games at five years old i didn't even know what a car well i barely knew what a car was never mind what a manual transmission was so that was probably making the game harder for myself than it needed to be
1: why should you go for manual transmissions at the age of five then
0: i have no idea <laughs> i really don't have any idea I, I, Fair enough. yeah i don't know probably because i would found it hard regardless so i was tr- i was mixing it up mm. trying to find a way to to be good at the game um you can have three five or seven speed transmissions Outside of automatic, so and then you have to shift up and down. Right, um, you know the mass system control, don't you? Yeah, it's the, the,
1: the rectangular.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you have a if you have a manual gearbox, you use one of the buttons to shift up a gear, and you use the other button to shift down a gear. Right. I can't remember whether you have to keep holding down the up gear in order to keep going, or whether it automatically sort of just drives and then you shift up and down at the right times to go in and out of corners um i can't remember what that is so i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a bit of a play around to see how that works when we play it it sounds like it might potentially be quite fiddly to
1: play then
0: yeah so that again might be me not doing the best job of explaining things all of this stuff is what i think qualifies it as a simulation game as opposed to some kind of arcadey experience because it is as far as i'm concerned this isn't This isn't simulation racing. This isn't trying to hit on realism. This is a quirky racing, arcade style racing game. In the actual racing of it, the sim aspects are the the fact that you've got different options for your car and how you build it and put it together. And then that has a bit of an impact on how you race it, Um, but not really very much.
1: I'm intrigued by your use of the word quirky there.
0: Yeah, I really do think that the cornering is quirky. That's the best answer. That's the best description of it. Um, This is a port. I mentioned that at the beginning, didn't I? Yes. So, Super Monaco Grand Prix came out in 1989 in the arcades. And when I say it's a port, I only say that because it is the word that everybody else uses to describe it. Because the arcade version of this game actually took a first person perspective of uh, as though you're sat in the cockpit okay so you could see your steering wheel and you could see the front of the car and actually that
1: sounds all right if you
0: look at yeah i'm going to show you some um, images of that during the, during the halftime break because it looks actually quite impressive i didn't realize I don't know whether in playing it, it would be less impressive, but it actually looks really, really nice in and still who, images. And who developed this? Uh, it was a company called Irem, but I don't know too much about them. They they have a very long career with a high output, especially in terms of arcade gaming. Okay. So long, uh, too long to, to get into anything worthwhile. On this episode, so um, but th- and this was one of their games,
1: so no choice cuts from their back catalogue. Oh yeah, there
0: will almost certainly be. I know that they worked on R-Type uh, games, so okay. there's there's one big name. But it was so there was so much to it, so much there that there was no point in dissecting it because there were so many Fair things to, that we could have ended up talking about, and uh, really um the the episode should be i know we've already talked about lots of other things like my memories but uh it should be about this game <clears throat> so that's what i was aiming for without uh, by not mentioning i don't know why i'm explaining this in such a
1: long-winded way <laughs> this the, is all going to get cut so right <laughs> in the concept so yeah uh, Gr- grand turismo we talked about being italian for grand tour what's grand prix yep. i've never known that i've never known that what terrible use of language the Grand Prize. Grand Prize, makes sense. Are you disappointed by that? A little bit, but I'm not really sure what else is about to think or hoping for there.
0: Yeah, so it's Grand Prize. In terms of why it's Super Monaco Grand Prix, so the Monaco Grand Prix is, is actually a real race. Do you know about the Super Monaco Grand Prix? or that, oh, sorry, about the Monaco Grand Prix.
1: Is that the one that goes through the streets? Yeah, so yeah, it's unusual I, in in I, that sense. I only know that because I once played a game at a friend's house which was a PC game, it wasn't a mass system game so, unless it was some sort of sequel perhaps and that was set in Monaco. Right. Um it could well have been but we'll get to that in a moment.
0: Um the it's based on the the name is is based on the Monaco Grand Prix and the tracks that appear in it are based on Formula 1 tracks. However, the devs never sought nor had a license for a licensing agreement with the Formula One Association. <laughs> right. So um, I don't know. I, I Obviously, not being a, a Formula One
1: petrol head. Uh, fanatic,
0: as you aptly put it in our Gran Turismo episode way back when, not being a petrol head, I don't know exactly how well these tracks map onto the real life counterparts so instead of silverstone is it like bronze rock or something like that no it's even more simple than that uh, track two is called desert (laughs) oh okay i was really overthinking it wasn't i yeah you were really (laughs) going way too far into that yeah um a few little anecdotal tidbits. elements before we kick into the actual game. So this game is the game. I I think I mentioned to you when we played Alex Kidd, our controllers being broken, and this is the reason. This game. Oh right. Because the d-pads were on the on the mess system controller. The d-pads were just secured in mm. by these tiny little thin tabs little of bins. plastic. And if you press too hard, they would snap. And this game because it was so difficult to corner i think five year year five-year-old little me and actually my eight-year-old brother were pressing really hard to try and counter the fact that our cars weren't they were sort of flying off the side of the track so we figured nothing else is working let's press harder and we'll (laughs) hopefully end up further in
1: into the track and not end up Smashing into a a signpost. In in a way, you're ahead of yourselves with controls there because controls didn't start doing things like that until, what, the mid-90s. So you're ahead of of the curve there. Analog thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Analog thinking in a digital
0: world. I don't know what we were thinking. The other thing that we tried was actual... You'll see this with the old and the young when they play a racing game
1: or or any game, to be honest. The the physically turning, the... Trying to steer with the controller. That was what... for the benefit of people listening, not being in the room with me while I'm doing that, that was me miming holding a pad and physically moving it. Which I yeah, know, very I know badly. I've talked about this before on the podcast. I remember very distinctly remember my grandparents when I first asked them to play Sonic One on the Mega Drive. You're physically trying to make him move by moving sure. the pad. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Well, that was us. That was us with this game, uh, especially this game, because again, because it was so difficult to get around corners, and because you kind of. What were trying it was sort of you were trying to will the car around the corner and though the will was so strong that it was forcing your body to tilt and forcing your hands to turn so you were kind of trying to turn the car physically like a wee
1: yeah well to be fair i know i categorically still do that playing mario kart with my daughter on the switch you know I, i've got yeah. the control in my hands and i'm I physically move it to make the i think it's just ingrained that a physical movement does make the car turn more because it used to be from driving, aren't you? But, you know, as you say, it has no impact whatsoever, clearly.
0: Didn't have any impact for me. I never, I very rarely won. There is an element, this this game for me is a multiplayer game. We're going to be playing it single player, you and I, mm-hmm. but me and my brother would, and actually the game's set up in such a way as to encourage multiplayer. Cause even when you're playing in one player, you have a split screen with one car on the top and then one car on the bottom and the, the computer controls the bottom car. And you are kind of—it's—it's it's there to kind of spur you on, I think, to try to give you someone that's actually playing against or you, to give you something, yeah, to challenge you. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. I don't think
1: I've ever encountered a game that does that. that artificially no, a player player—that's a very unusual thing.
0: I thought so too, and uh, yeah, I—I I don't think I've ever come across it anywhere else either. So yeah, an interesting little quirk. Yeah, as I've uh, I've said previously, this game was followed up by Super Monaco Grand Prix Two, which isn't the full title. It, it was a Sega Mega Drive game. Uh, the full title was actually Ayrton Senna's Super Monaco Grand Prix Two. I know the name. Is he a racer? He's a very famous racer. Yeah he he was the he was the Lewis Hamilton of his time. Let's put it that way. Right. He was very, very skilled, very adept. And actually, my driving instructor, I might have told you this before, but my driving instructor... Was Ayrton Senna? ...did testing. No. Oh. No. Ayrton Senna, I think he died in a fiery crash. So, before I was driving... Uh, but my, yeah, way to bring the mood down, actually. Why uh, did you share that? I did Well, okay. No, I yeah. wasn't blaming you. I was blaming me. Well, that's um, good. My,
1: I, I just said something bad about Ayrton Centre. And, uh, you know, I, I had no idea that was, that was the case. So you probably did a good thing by mentioning that. Okay, good. My driving
0: instructor, he was involved in test driving. And he test drove for different car companies like when they were making new cars they would test drive those and he was one of their test drivers but he also test drove for one of the teams that Ayrton Senna was involved in when Ayrton Senna was involved with him wow. uh, with it and I, I don't know which team it was but he, he was that was uh, something that my driving instructor like to show off about incidentally my driving instructor very was a very nice man uh, and hopefully still is, but I haven't heard from him since I passed. So, but a lovely man. His name was Brian. I won't. I won't share his full name. His name was Brian, and he was great. So
1: I was uh, taught to drive by my dad uh, just to save money, and we got a few lessons towards the ends before I took my test with a guy that lived. He was a driving instructor. I was just guy around the corner from me. He was a drive instructor. And I can remember, so it was the, the summer of 2004, and we went driving, and he made some comments about how he likes it in the sun because girls walk around in not much clothing, and it made me extremely mm. uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: that sounds... Brian wasn't anything like that. Brian was a re- just genuinely a really nice person who seemed to be able to put anyone at ease right away. Like it was quite strange, which was want, really isn't it? friendly. I think on my second lesson with him, uh, Hannah's car. She had a Nissan Micra. She could drive before me, way before me. Um, she had a Nissan Micra, and it wouldn't start. When he came and picked us up, I, I when he came and picked me up, I said, "Oh yeah, we're having a problem with Hannah's car. It's showing an engine light, and it won't start." He then came back round later on that day with a device that figures that, that tells you a diagnostic machine mm. and tested the car to find out what it was and then spent time sorting it out oh that's very that's, kind. that was just the sort of person he was or is
1: well i think it's time we tested both our driving skills then and cracked on with super monaco grand prix the grand Prix. yeah i'm gonna pretend i'm brian while i'm driving i'm not gonna pretend i'm my driving instructor for obvious reasons yes
0: That, you like doing that, don't you? I loved it. You that. did that in the Gran Turismo episode that I, we did. <laughs> I find it immensely satisfying. Good. I'm glad.
1: I'm glad for you.
0: I'm I mean, happy for you.
1: I'm not. Did I'm you not, like the game? I'm not saying it's a king kind or of anything, but uh, it's just, it's nice. It's pleasing. Mm, yes, right, I, okay. I did like that game. And actually, you just mentioned the Gran Turismo episode. Better, I'm going to say it, better than Gran Turismo.
0: Yeah. It's not technically on a par with Gran Turismo, but it's more fun. Yeah. Definitely a lot
1: more fun. Yeah. It's the fact it's an arcade racer, which is, as we said in that episode, what you and I enjoy. This is this is an arcade racer, so of course we're gonna like it a lot more.
0: I think it is an arcade racer. It doesn't it doesn't think it's an arcade racer itself. Like the developers didn't aim to make an arcade racer, they aimed to make a simulation game. So this is the 1990 equivalent of Gran Turismo. Yeah, but they haven't I, got there.
1: <laughs> I, I at all. struggle to see the simulation elements beyond the tinkering about with the car a bit at the start. I didn't really look into that in a great deal detail, so no. maybe it does well, have it in there. That.
0: Yeah, it does have an impact so you can change different things on the car and if you've got a certain set of tires coupled with the most powerful so here's an example if you if you max everything out if you go for hard tires and the lowest on the list of wings the fastest for engine which is the lo- the bottom engine if you go for all of those instead of hitting a maximum of 300 kilometers an hour you'll be able to do like 320 kilometers an hour cool so there I know exactly. There is there is an impact from those things, but they're not they're not nuanced in this in the way that you'd get. Even in G T, even in Gran Turismo, you would get like these tiny little notches on your acceleration or your turning or handling or
1: whatever. Yeah, three three hundred to three hundred and twenty kilometers an hour, that's less than ten percent more than that speed. It's not really that much for especially no. at that speed, it's it's faster but not to any great degree that you probably notice in no, the game but, really. As you as you well know, what with being such a
0: aficionado of racing of all kinds, Absolutely. tenths of a second is the difference between well, winning and losing. Yeah, I guess so. Whether you're talking about people on foot racing, which think they call athletics, or people in cars racing which i think is called motorsport egg and spoon racing eggs and spoons racing it's tenths of a second that make a loser and a winner so that 320 over 300 is going to get you in front isn't it
1: okay i guess so
0: but the sim sim elements aren't strong no that's what you're saying and i do agree with that but i just think it's worth noting that we are treating this like an arcade game it appeals to us because it feels like an arcade game yep. but actually that's not what they were aiming to make and in that regard they have probably that that's a bit of a that's a failure for the devs yeah but actually a win for us because this game's much more fun being
1: less simmy what do you think the devs understanding of racing or racing games was prior to making this game
0: yeah so i haven't i don't really know much about the developers i have looked up that the the team on on Moby Games, they they could well be like absolute racing aficionados, and and know all the ins and outs of Formula One in a way that I could only wish I I did. But my, my experience of the games suggests that they they haven't actually driven a car. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But the, it's, it's the way the cars, the way they've tried to map the experience of driving to, to the two buttons, which admittedly is somewhat difficult, but they've mapped it to the two buttons on the mass system. And one of them is is go and one of them is brake. But then the way that this game actually works, instead of having to brake, when you come to, a, to come to a corner, you just take your foot off the accelerator at, at the point where you see the first turning sign. And then you sort of lightly, I don't know what that would be called, sort of feather touch.
1: Caress. Finesse.
0: Yeah, sort of finesse the, the accelerate button rather than actually breaking. If you just keep pumping the accelerator every every couple of milliseconds, that will keep you at the right sort of speed to get around the corner at full pelt for a for start. It's like feels, 200 kilometers around a corner.
1: It feels like an attempt at drifting, but it doesn't feel like drifting, if that makes sense. like Yeah, I do know what you mean, exactly yeah. what you mean. And it it also, as part of that quirk, and the, you used the word quirky in the first half, and I, I genuinely think it is a quirk. I think that's a great word to use for this. I also noticed that as soon as you start turning the car, the sprite itself changes, but your racing line doesn't change at all, which makes no sense no. at all. So your car has angles yeah. left or right, but you still go straight ahead. And that, yeah, which I cognitive dissonance from that it was really confusing <laughs>
0: i think that's what lends it to feeling like a drift because when when a car drifts yeah, it moves true. sideways and so yeah it, it's not actually supposed to be mimicking drifting around the corner but because of the animation that you've you mm. just described the fact that the sprite changes and you're your positioning and line don't uh, makes it feel like you are drifting around the corner.
1: And then you also noticed that the unusual racing line around those corners too. That... Well, that's
0: what I was going to say. The aspect of the game that I think matters most is actually taking the right line, which they've got correct on uh, in terms of racing, because taking the right line is the difference between winning and losing in a in a racing game. But the problem with this is that I think they've got it arse over tit in this game, in, in Super Monaco Grand Prix, because you term. have to... Yeah, yeah. you have to start on the inside of the corner and then just try and hug as closely to the inside of the track as you can. Because what's happening with this game, when you go around a corner, the game tries to force you out to the outside of the track and the faster you're going the more that force seems to push you to the outside of the track and off yeah. it so there's like a centrifugal force that you're fighting against and the only way to do that is to to slow yourself down i mean that sound that does sound like driving <laughs> to, yeah <laughs> to be fair what i've just described but but the actual experience of playing this game doesn't feel like driving and that doesn't feel like the way a car works it doesn't feel like how you you're supposed to navigate a corner no. i also I have gone round corners slightly too fast, and I don't necessarily feel like the centrifugal force it is the the overwhelming. Force that is is affecting me when I do that, you know. It's a rush that we do I'm it, necessarily it? trying to control. It's one kind
1: of rush, yeah. I won't go into the kind of rush that I get, but yeah, by, by rush I mean absolutely terrifying. Just, getting <laughs> that, I hate it. Just getting that split second of oh no, and then yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, th- this is a slightly tighter corner than I was expecting, <laughs> yeah. and I'm doing about ten miles too fast. Yeah, <laughs> there's one actually on the way to your house between my house and your house. There's a corner that always always gets me i you come up to it and it it starts off light and then
1: gets real tight that's and it always takes me that's possibly the corner i'm actually thinking of at the moment because that's right okay that's, yeah, one that's the, interesting yeah
0: so between between your house and the next town over if that makes sense where i yes. used to live yeah yeah okay that is interesting there are a couple that i could name on that corner there's also one on the way to lincoln where there's like a dog leg a double dog leg in yeah. those corners Yes. Um, always get me as well. Um, not so much as that one on the way to your house. That one on the way to your house is terrifying yeah. in some
1: ways. So with all these these things we've just mentioned then, I said during playing it, it reminds me of those uh, Victorian explorers who went off the jungle and came back and described these incredible animals they saw. And then people drew what? Tried to draw them. Yeah. There's the, the Rousseau painting. That is it Tiger in the Storm or something? Tiger mm. in the Jungle. You know which painting I mean? Yes, I and do. Where It's like a bit of a... Sporked tiger. It's quite gaunt. And, you know, it's orange. It's got stripes. And you can... You understand it's a tiger, but it's not like any tiger you've ever seen before. And that's what I feel this game is, that they, they understand what racing is they understand the shape of it yeah but they've not got the nuances of it
0: yeah i think that's correct and i think it actually oh so one of the things that i should say to you just to rub it in i remember when we did gran turismo one of the things that you were hoping was that you were going to find that you're going to take this game that you didn't get on with when you were younger yeah and you would you would reevaluate it now and realise that actually it's a really great game that deserves your attention and that you that you enjoy and you
1: didn't get that at all. I was hoping to have a, a renaissance or, or race naissance if you will. And <sighs> uh, no, I won't. I got that. So just to rub it in, uh, this game, I
0: hated it when I was younger. And this might be the first game where this has happened. I, I didn't it like is, it, yeah. didn't get on with it, couldn't play it. I think it's actually an all right game, having played it now. I think that it's worthwhile I mean, and
1: s- fun. That's what matters. It's fun. You say it's all right and it's fun, which, yes, I agree with. Would you go back to playing it after tonight?
0: I Yeah, I think I could genuinely see myself having a bit of a dabble. So a couple of weeks ago, I was playing Guitar Hero, and that happens on and off. Uh, on a reg on a semi-regular basis for me I crack the old plastic instruments out and I I give it a good I give the drums a good old whack and that mm-hmm. but then they go away and I forget about it again for six months I could see me playing Super Monaco Grand Prix again as a bit of a a bit of a bit of time fill yeah a bit of a time filler one day like going oh yeah I, could, I fancy doing a few laps of Super Monaco Grand Prix and genuinely I don't feel like that about many racing games Burnout I could play Burnout non-stop like I really like Burnout but racing generally is a is a genre that I I don't come to very readily or very often. Certainly not Formula One. Like I never thought I'd be saying that about a Formula One game. But this one I think is fun
1: enough, light enough that it tickles my fancy. Hmm, fair enough. Well that's not my experience of it. It was it was okay to play this tonight, but I think the overall it's not something I would I would switch again. However I'm pleased that you can now look back on it more, much more fondly than before. Oh, thank you. That's very kind.
0: I understand that response as well. I think as is often the case and understandably the case with the games that we touch on, this is very much tied into my childhood. So yeah. there is, even if I didn't like it, there are memories attached to it. As I described at length in the first, in the first half, I have fa- memories, some of them fond, that this game ties into. So there's that going for it even before it, even before we get stuck into it. And just to come out of it with positive things to say about it, that strengthens that aspect as well. The, the memories aspect. So the nostalgia and all that is yeah, feeding into it. That's
1: exactly what I was about to use, nostalgia. We had it with Pipe Mania, for example, a game that I
0: hmm. remember
1: really enjoying and still quite enjoy playing. You absolutely detested it. I mean, I, I, don't, oh, I don't... man detest this at all it, it, this it's this isn't all right but this isn't
0: you actually have a bit of a i'm realizing now you have a to have selective memory thing a penchant a penchant a penchant a penchant for bringing mini games <laughs> and pretend that trying to pass them off as full games because pipe mania is a mini game <laughs> inside other games i know right. at the time that it came out it wasn't like it was it was a full fledged puzzle game but the fact that you play that that inside of the games now yeah but not as a the, as a time filler yeah. as a
1: sideline not the early 90s at a different time i wouldn't be surprised
0: actually if that was a mini game inside of the games in the in the early 90s but that's pipe mania that's done and dusted that's in the that's in the past yeah super- in all senses it's in the past and super i don't have to ever play it again just as super monaco is yeah so who would you recommend this to then i think everybody i think everybody should play this game because the reason being it's it's I don't think I've played a racing game like it. It feels like its own racing game. So, especially, obviously, uh, if you like racing games, then get your knackers around this. Is that right? That's not right, is it? I don't get. I don't think you drive with your knackers, but... I get, think knackers is balls, isn't it? I just is, used yeah. it wrong. Yeah, it is. Get your chompers around this. Get your, get get, your mitts around this. Get your racing get your around this. Get your mitts around this. Around this because... It will give you something that you haven't necessarily experienced before. It may or may not at that point be something that you like, but certainly for me it is appealing and worthwhile. You wouldn't recommend it to anybody.
1: I think, like you said, if you fancy something that's arcadey, pick up and play disposable, then, you know, this is fine. But I don't think it's something I would be reaching for it again in a hurry. Do you know what I would do
0: with this? And probably with a lot of other games, I would bundle them. So mm. if you were having someone round... And you're gonna spend a bit of, you, you're gonna spend some time playing games, or in particular, if you're going retro for a day, I would bundle this with other racing games like Micro Machines and Road Rash. Like a, just a variety of fun, racy titles. Just see the progression of them over the years. And that's, that's it's not even the call. progression. It, it's a, it's the variety. Cause like, I, I, the ones that I've mentioned, obviously, machine and Mean Machines, Micro Machines is that top, is a top down racing game that has a, its own very particular. Control style and Road Rash is a fun arcade mm. motorbike racing game. So you just got a bit of variety. And I think that this would sit very well in amongst those games in a way that I didn't expect to be saying. If you were looking to entertain yourselves for a few hours uh, with a few with a selection of, of old school racers, then this should definitely be in amongst the foray and that would be
1: the best way to play it it'd be one of your choices on the starting grid eh absolutely there you go i'm actually got a racing metaphor in. Right i'm impressed myself i know i'm super impressed thank you <laughs> thank you ashley and thank you for bringing this and thank you for listening if you've enjoyed our nonsense then um please go and download listen to other episodes like share subscribe all that nonsense join us on social media actually mentioned in the first half we're, we're on facebook we're on twitter instagram and youtube uh, come and say hello to us
0: thank you ever so much again and we'll see you next time for another episode bye Thanks
1: very much bye